So as I've been watching people come in, I, I have a bit of a water metaphor going in my mind right now. And it, it's, it felt like people were coming in on their little boats, boats into the stream of our um, Cloud Zendo here. So, so let's go ahead and begin with uh, um, a sit. And uh, then we'll have a, we'll meet for a conversation after that.
Let's recite the verse of the robe. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. I said to Jessica as I came on that doing uh, offering inquiry two weeks in a row, I got a bit of a taste of what Flint um, lives with every week in uh, considering what he wants to offer. And um, here we go. Ah. So this past week, I've been giving a lot of thought to how my practice in um, our Buddhist practice and our Zen with Zen guidance helps in considering the troubles and difficulties in the greater world. I've been wanting to make sense of things in the face of my resistance, actually, to the way things are, especially with the warring and the terror actions causing so much trauma and suffering. That's not the first, this isn't the first time that this has happened or that I've had this kind of response, but something has felt much closer to home to me here. I have two family members who are traveling in the Middle East right now, so I know that my agitation is a bit uh, stronger about this. Um, but I've been chanting the verse of the robe every day, emphasizing different words to see if I might understand the truth of life more deeply. The chant, though, that has been helpful for me the most, um, from slipping into the ditch of delusion and even despairing in my lack of power in moments, is the chant of repentance. All my ancient tangled or twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow. That word beginningless, of course, points to the human conditions we all create and have been creating down through time. I almost get embarrassed when it's clear that my thoughts, that it should be different, that we should be able to make it different, grab my attention and I am pulled into the eddy of delusion in this river of life. To help myself out, I also made a list of some of the most common terms of teachings we received to see if anything could help me settle my nervous system. Uh, here's my partial list of terms and teachings. I don't want to overwhelm us at all, but it just seemed it just seemed like the right thing to do to find something to ground in. So here are some of the terms. Um, 
are the phrases empty of intrinsic inherent existence, dependent origination, interdependence, perfection of wisdom, prajna paramita, compassion, boundless mind, bodhicitta, the awakened heart, Buddha, awakening, nirvana, relative and ultimate truth, no birth and no death, causes and conditions, the four noble truths, the eightfold path, the precepts, the bodhisattva vow, the paramitas, good moral conduct, meditation and mental development, wisdom and insight. That's part, as I said, partial list, and there is so much more for us to consider as we practice and learn together. I'm not a scholar, and I don't even pretend to understand most of the terms that I just read. I'm curious about them, and I I continue to study them and talk to Flint about them and with anybody in my sangha about them. Um, but as terms from the scholar perspective, what really matters to me is practice, is how can I practice? How can we practice? How can we encourage each other in practice? That's what really means a lot to me. As I said earlier, I don't want to confuse or overwhelm us with too many aspects of what is part of our Buddhist practice, this gathering of teachings feels more like a foundation we can stand on as we practice in the face of life being as it is. Last week, Rosemarie talked about Thich Nhat Hanh's poem, Please Call Me By My True Names. I'm so grateful to you, Rosemarie, for bringing that forward. It's been in my heart all week. I think actually it can support us in being present with the whole picture of life as it is, the beauty and joy, the horror and suffering, the truth of no intrinsic separate self, the truth of all being that we are. So at this point, I want to share the poem for us to read through and to and see what arises for you. Um, and then we'll have a conversation about it, I hope. Okay, can you see that all? So I'll read it through and um, then we'll read it. Then I'm, I'm going to ask you to read it with me and um, make any note, either mental note or if you want to write it down, um, go ahead and then we'll see how this, what arises. So Ty said, please call me by my true names. He wrote this in 2004, um, by the way, um, when a lot of, a lot of things were going on in the world. Please call me by my true names. Don't say that I will depart tomorrow. Even today, I am still arriving. Look deeply every second I am arriving. To be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with still fragile wings, learning to sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry, to fear and to hope. The rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that is alive. I am a mayfly 
metamorphosing on the surface of the river. I am the bird that swoops down to swallow the mayfly. I am a frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond. And I am a grass snake that silently feeds itself on the frog. I am a child in Uganda, all skin and bones. My legs as thin as bamboo sticks. And I am the arms merchant selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12 year old girl, refugee on a small boat, who throws herself into the sea after being raped by a sea pirate. And I am also the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am a member of the Politburo with plenty of power in my hands. And I am the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring so warm, it makes flowers bloom all over the earth. My pain is like a river of tears, <clears throat> so vast it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughter at once so I can see that my joy and pain are here together. Please call me by my true names so I can wake up and the door of my heart could be left open, the door of compassion. So I'll go. <clears throat> I'll go through the poem again and I'll make some comments and then and then I'll hope to open it up. Please call me by my true names. Don't say that I will depart tomorrow. Even today I would I am still arriving. This is a mind bender, I think. And um I studied um, in a Thich Nhat Hanh Sangha for a while, a few years actually, and my experience of Thay's teachings were that he wanted our minds to bend. He wanted to disperse all of our delusional thinking. And, and be in a very different way based on the truth of life. So he goes on and says, look deeply, that invitation to look deeply. Every second I am arriving as a bud, as a tiny bird, as a caterpillar, as a jewel, everything in nature, nothing is left out. The invitation is to laugh and to cry, to fear and to hope, to accept birth and death, as the whole circle of life. There isn't any other way. He goes on to describe it even deeper as a mayfly going through the process of coming to life and then as the bird that needs to eat and so swallows the mayfly and the frog that is swimming happily in clear water in a pond and the snake who needs a meal as well. And then he comes into the human experience, the child starving, 
when, and he names Uganda, but we could easily name Gaza and other warring countries in the world, especially in Africa where children are starving, where the focus of the government is on arms, is spending the money for arming themselves and not for feeding its citizens or the 12 year old girl raped by a pirate and then to recognize we are the pirate that there is no other i especially appreciate his explanation of the pirate the heart not yet capable of seeing and loving how somebody can take an action like that has to do with the state of the heart and mind he continues with acknowledging politics and the, and the greed of power in the hands of a few that affect the citizens and the citizens become the victims of the power. <clears throat> so he goes on to say, my joy is spring so warm, it makes flowers bloom all over the earth. My pain is like a river of tears, so vast it fills the four oceans. I'm, I so appreciate Ty's acknowledging the pain of the grief of all of the losses that here, at least in the West, we have a hard time acknowledging grief and pain um, and the kind of suffering that comes with it. So for him to give us this metaphor of a river of tears so vast it fills the four oceans gives us something to contemplate. <clears throat> Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughter at once, holding it all, holding it fully, so that I can see my joy and pain are one. All being is all experience. It's not <clears throat> divided or separated. Excuse me. <clears throat> We're not divided or separated. It's not us and them, myself and you, you and other. It's all being. So he closes with, please call me by my true name so I can wake up. Wow, we can wake up facing this. And that the door of our heart could be left open, the door of compassion. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I want to close the door of my heart. Even as I, I look across the room and uh, the door that's open so my kitty can come in and out. I want to close that door sometimes. It doesn't feel like it's tolerable. And sometimes we might need to do that for a, for a bit of time in order to regroup, refuel, get our balance back again. In those moments that we've lost our balance. So open it up now for us to have a conversation. What's what's come up for you as you've considered? How do we face life as it is when we're bombarded in a sense? with um, everything that's happening. And I know we have to be careful so that we don't get overwhelmed. 
But here we are, practicing together, facing the world as it is. So I want to open it up to you for any for your comments, for what's arisen for you, for any questions you have. I'm so grateful to be here with you today to be able to talk about this. Hello, Ed. Good morning, or hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I know it's morning where you are. Yes. Yeah, I, I still forget. Um, so <laughs> wonderful to see you. It's so um, good to see you. Thank mm -hmm. you so much um, for your talk today. Uh, as it is not only topical, but important, even if our times were different, this is still something quite important. Mm -hmm. Because what Thich Nhat Hanh wrote has applied for years prior to this day, and unfortunately, it's probably going to apply for years after this day. Mm -hmm. The thing that seems to be problematic um, is trying to keep that sensibility that compassion that meta and not to get trapped in um in valuation and making the right and wrong you know making somebody right and somebody else wrong mm -hmm. um and uh of course being in conversations with people um I've, I've had some issues sometimes with somebody saying you need to be able to identify who's the good guy, who's the bad guy here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, all of it in a certain way is bad human behavior, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the things that are conflicts. Mm -hmm. And it's the struggle of what what is that tightrope? How do you walk that tightrope of being able to have compassion, have understanding, but not be caught or, or stumble in the in the um in the mess of, of applying values of right and wrong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, ed what helps you what helps you keep your heart open but also safe what helps me uh individually is um my relationship to to things um mm -hmm. and to to everything kind of um you know, I can look at something and um, I can know the things that I want to engage with, the things that I don't want to engage with. I, I see the wonder and the beauty and the amazement of what's out here in the world, whether it's through the photography mm -hmm. or um, through, through writing with the poetry or, you know, just sitting and meditating. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're you're in Zazen and the sound of birds coming through the window um, will just bliss you out, bliss me out. <laughs> um, it's free and it's legal too, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, those yes. are things that help keep my attention focused and also just knowing that there is no right answer that I can provide when I'm asked, you know, what's what's right, what's wrong, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, what mm -hmm. action should be done, mm -hmm. uh, and trying to to literally live in that middle way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your wonderful teaching. Um, I think, you know, we're at a time where we need all the help we can get. 
Mm. And, you know, your, your reference to the beauty of the world, I'm here in the Midwest, it's full fall season. And right outside my meditation room window is a 30 foot tall serviceberry tree. Mm. And it's in its full pink orange glory. Nice. Just before that, just before the leaves will fall. And I walk in every morning and I'm startled, I'm stunned. But, and I'm glad I still have that kind of response to it and not just take it as a, oh yeah, you know, the trees are turning color, da 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 da, you know, kind of thing. Because it is the world showing up in its full beauty and glory, no question about it. And we're also very aware of the horrors of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best, uh, you, you referenced, you know, the danger of um, asking who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. One of the best pieces I've read about this is by um, President Obama. It was on, um, yeah. he put it on Instagram last night. It's a, it's a four page piece about the mid Middle East, about the Israeli Gaza situation where he wasn't looking for good, bad guys. And no matter how you feel about Obama, I think, you know, we need to be reading these things. We need to know that there's people out there who are thinking about this in a very different way rather than the dichotomy of good and bad. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your teaching Um, and bringing that forward. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Hello, Joel. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you so much for this. And thanks for this <clears throat> wonderful poem from Thich Nhat Hanh. I just, whenever I, I, I've read this before and I, and I, and I get a sense of, um, it's, a, it's an overwhelming feeling just from the call me by my true name, since they include everything, how, how is the respondent, the person he's talking to, to know and to say them all, you know, uh, and that, and and that it's a pleasant overwhelming, you know, it, it's a it's a way of acknowledging that we have good and bad in all of us, that we have compassion available to us when we can draw on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll say that you know the 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 conflict in Israel and Gaza has dominated. Uh, conversations that I've been involved in. Uh, I don't know if you get Appamata um, emails, but it's been a, a topic of mm. uh, uh, intense discussion over the last mm. week uh, that was triggered by a by a uh, a very forthright and very uh, uh, compassionate, I would say, coming out of compassionate. Uh, feelings uh from a from a member of the austin sangha and has has gone back and forth and on and on and uh, for myself i my my problem with opening to compassion for all beings is that it looks like inaction Mm. looks like doing nothing Mm -hmm. Uh, and i i'm my response has been to read as much as i can stand to watch mm-hmm. as many of videos as I can titrate mm-hmm. you know, about death, uh, death and the death of children and the death of, of bystanders and, and so on. 
and then to go and and to be active in my community yes. and um, to be to to remember that there are needs in my community that that have nothing on the surface to do with this conflict mm -hmm. and that you know I feel like there's nothing I can do beyond witness with this conflict mm -hmm. but I went yesterday and I, I was was actually assisting a wonderful teacher at a program in Albuquerque called Saranam that is uh you know from the from the chants that we say during intensives refuge mm -hmm. and it is a program that focuses on helping families with young children or families with children mm -hmm. uh to end homelessness mm. for families with young mm. children, it provides mm. housing and so on. Mm -hmm. And there's a there are two days a week when they provide family time, when the kids get together and um, play games mm -hmm. and sing songs together and work with their parents on on doing lots of things that it's impossible to do when you're living on the street. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went and I assisted the teacher with that yesterday, wow. and several of the kids had meltdowns. And we're crying so loud that the program really, I mean, it was, I, I just was lost in admiration for the teacher who, who was so skillful in negotiating mm -hmm. this. And, and, you know, what could it I do? I don't know. I, I swept the floor. <laughs> I, I distributed the papers. There you go. There and you I, go. I was a witness, you know. Uh -huh. So, yeah. so I don't know. It doesn't feel like much. But I, I'm just thinking of what Peg says in in what she wrote last week in response to questions. It's like, you know, protesting and trying to get mass action that feels, that that used to feel to her like that was the appropriate response. Mm -hmm. And now she's come around to be active in your community and do as many small acts of kindness as you can possibly squeeze into one day. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. yes. Does that, does that uh, seem I, like? I, I think you're speaking to the very thing that we do have the power to do when we don't feel very powerful. Mm -hmm. Because it's real easy to slip in that ditch of despair about it. Mm -hmm. But then we forget that we have, we have around us all these opportunities to provide care and comfort, sweeping the floor so children have a clean floor to sit on passing out papers so that they have something to do um, for themselves. These are not small acts. They might seem small because they're every day, you know, sort of things. But they're a, but I think they're a gesture of care. And we know we know how important it is that people feel they are being cared for and cared about. And that has a ripple effect. So thank you. Thank you I, for for being inspiring that way, Joel, well, because it is so important. I, I I have one thing to add that yeah. I'm just that I'm recognizing as you speak, which is yes, we have a focus that's a global focus mm -hmm. about war and death and destruction, mm -hmm. and by focusing on that and forgetting that there are people that need care right next to us, yes, every day, yes. That, yes. that that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. That. that that we have to be we we have to be open to that to all the possibilities that are near us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. Thank you for that teaching. It's so right. Mm -hmm. Hello, Becky. Hello, Suzanne. Thank you so much for this. I think that we all need to find the ways that we can stay in some equanimity and some, uh, because part of the teaching that, that I really appreciate the way that it's put is that we need to look to our own suffering so that we don't spread suffering. And 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 create new ones, even you know, just because we aren't holding what we have in front of us in a way that doesn't make it leak out or do something else. Uh, when I first encountered um, this teaching from Thich Nhat Hanh, mm -hmm. um was was through the uh, songs of practice that I attend with mm -hmm. a. Sangha in, Ontar in Ontario, Canada, mm -hmm. uh, on Zoom, obviously. Uh, it's called Songs of Practice. And so I first learned this as a song. And I'll probably sing a little tiny bit of it. But what, what I want to say about it is that I, I didn't, we don't really get to ask people much. Like we have a little bit of time of sharing, but most of it's just singing together. And so I sort of needed to work through for myself, what is this I'm singing? You know, like if you have a chant that you don't know, you still want to know, okay, what is this in me that I am chanting? What is what is this? And so for me, I was trying to figure out what does he mean by true names? And then I thought, no, wait a minute. What this is describing is what I feel when I am with Sangha, when I am in pain, when I am in joy, mm -hmm. is that that's, so the true names is Sangha calling our, our deepest selves mm -hmm. uh, and, and holding that in front of us in a way that we can be that and then have the strength to, to hold our joy and pain at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've been there, I've been there, and it's an amazing experience. Just like the first time that I really felt that was just amazing. And then from there, I can know that lesser pains can also be held together at the same time. And that, that that's when I have some balance that's when my heart can be open. Yes. And, and so, you know, that's quite beautiful. And so it's like, please call me by my true name so that I can feel my laughter and pain so I can See, now I can't remember it now. It's not <laughs> something that I've sung by myself often without mm -hmm. the words in front of me, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's beautiful and it does call uh, yes. in a way that's very powerful. And song, as you know, is, is part of my practice pretty significantly. 
uh, partly because I do believe that bringing harmony to everyone without hindrance is, is there's real harmony that can happen. The resonation inside of our body is part of our healing. Yes. And, and so, you know, that's, that's an important thing to me. So. Yes. Yes. Thank so you. For, thank, thank you for offering that lens of what being called by the true names is for you. Because it is like a jewel, isn't it? It can be looked through many facets. And we each can um, consider that, what that is for us. Yes. And what you said about holding it all, I, uh, I learned this morning that a friend of mine died, that he's been in hospice for a, for a week. And I, when I learned of it, um, I felt sad. Uh, and I still do. I can feel the sadness in my heart. And I felt glad that he wasn't suffering anymore. And that his partner who had been with him 24 seven for quite a long time was relieved of this. So here we are, we're holding, we ought, we do need to hold everything. It's not one or the other. So mm -hmm. yeah, thank you, Becky. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Leslie is next. Mm. Suzanne. Hello, Leslie. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you for this beautiful poem. And, and um, I'm really appreciating what everyone is, is talking about um, so far. What came up for me the whole time you were reading this, and I was taking it in, and I can still really feel it bubbling up in my body is that um, one of the hard things to acknowledge is that that just what the poem was saying, I'm the terrorist as well as the terrorized. And seeing that because we try so hard to hide that terrorist part of us mm -hmm. that when we see it, it's pretty hard to accept. And sometimes that takes some real work. And if I can, at some point, finally accept and acknowledge that, then I can find some compassion for myself. Mm -hmm. But the flip side of that is that all those people doing all those bad things, all those terrorists are also the terrorized. Mm -hmm. And that's harder. That's even harder to see, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, I try to imagine what their, their origin stories are, you know, how did they, how did they become so blatantly and overtly and violently mm -hmm. the terrorists? Because I work really hard not to be that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I haven't been that to date, but that doesn't mean I won't, right? Mm -hmm. But, but if I could somehow get that underneath all that horror and bad behavior and violence is a terrorized person, maybe I can find some compassion for all that's going on out there. Not approval of the behavior by any means, but yes. some compassion for, you know, where that came from. And if they could just pause long enough to drop down into that themselves, maybe mm -hmm. something could change. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for what you're saying, Leslie. It's a it's a good reminder that as that as the indigenous story goes, when the grandfather responds to the grandson or granddaughter, it says, you know, which which wolf do I feed? And they said, you 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 know, your behavior depends on which wolf you feed. Yeah. That's what our training is about. Yeah. Which what which choices are we making? Because as human beings, we have these potentials. It's so easy to think this world is just going to shit. You know, it's a mess. Yeah. You know, we're falling apart. But then somehow I have to come back and remember all these kinds of things that are happening. Yes. And you know, hopefully they're more powerful. Yes. And it will spread. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is all I can do. And is to spread whatever goodness we decide to act on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Leslie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, Darcy. Goodness. Hi, Suzanne. So good to see you and everyone. I was so touched um, when you were talking to Joel. Um, you know, because I and I know so many of us have that feeling of what can I do? Mm-hmm. And um I I really appreciate your reminder about the ripples. Mm. And I was picturing, you know, Joel sweetly sweeping the floor and a girl crying. And we don't realize what our actions, you know, the effects, but just have someone in the room that's caring about something Mm -hmm. can make a difference, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and so I started thinking about, like, children in general. I um, had a conversation recently with my granddaughter, who's 26, Shayla, and she was very earnestly asking me, Grandma, um, she, was, she was concerned. She says, um, she's not... Uh, you know, about to have children, but she's talked about wanting that someday for herself. And she said, I'm, I'm really concerned about bringing children into the world the way things are right now. And she wanted to know what I thought, you know, that she was giving, like it's, and I, I've been thinking about how how everything is affecting children. Um, you know, we, she was talking particularly about climate stuff, but violence and everything else. And, um, you know, you think, well, maybe volunteering with kids and a teacher trying to just engage them, but that they're being affected by all of this. And our actions are having effects all over the place. Sometimes I just really don't think about the ripples. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm not 
producing them, but everybody is, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're always producing ripples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, uh, this past weekend on um, public television, there was a um, a documentary or a program about a, a favorite Wisconsin author, and it was called "Where I Came From." And there was a whole segment where he talked about all of his teachers and what he got from each teacher and how it's lived in his heart. He's, um, he's a man now in his probably late 40s, early 50s, how it's all lived in his heart since he was a little boy. And it, it was just such a beautiful way of, a beautiful way of acknowledging we never know the effect that we're going to have on people. No, we don't. And, and no, we don't. No, we don't. But, but we need to be, have it be acknowledged. We may think we're just polishing this very, very tiny corner of the universe, but it has all these threads. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Darcy, for coming on. So good to see you. Jessica, I'm hearing a, an echo of my voice, or was that just the last connection? Maybe. Yeah, I think that might have been the last connection. Okay. I okay. think so. It sounds better now. Thank you. Okay. Okay. As Flint says, there's a it's time for a lightning round, I guess. Oh, we have Ryan. Oh. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Suzanne. Flint nice to see you. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm I was reminded as these conversations have been taking place of um a practice discussion group that we had with flint following our retreat a week and a half ago where i think we were wrestling together around this idea of what do we do in the face of so much heartache and so much violence and um there was something that was shared in the practices group practice discussion group that i thought might be meaningful here to share if that would be okay mm -hmm, absolutely so it was a small uh piece from a writer, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Oh, mm -hmm. And uh, she says, ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that is within our reach. Mm -hmm. Any small, calm thing that one soul can do to help another soul to assist some portion of this poor suffering world will help immensely. It is not given to us to know which acts or by whom will cause the critical mass to tip toward an enduring good. What is needed for dramatic change is an accumulation of acts, adding, adding to, adding more, continuing. We know that it does not take everyone on earth to bring justice and peace, but only a small determined group who will not give up during the first, second, or hundredth gale. Oh, Ryan, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect ending to this. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Can I just ask a question, Ryan? Yeah. That was that was read in the group. Mm -hmm. What what kind of response did the group have without, you know, giving away anybody? But 
what kind of response, for example, what kind of response did you have or did other people have to that? Yeah, great question. I think, you know, I think it speaks to the helplessness that we feel oftentimes in the face of it to feel, you know, it's like Flint, Flint shared that as humans, we're not wired to, um, you know, to see so much devastation in real time, um, yes. even when it's occurring so far away from us and it can overwhelm us so quickly. And I think uh, in that helplessness, we can very quickly lose track, I think has been said here of, um, I think even as Darcy was saying, of the ripple effect that can occur from, um, you know, just just one small act of kindness or compassionate meeting of another being. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think for many of us, if myself included, it felt, it feels like an encouragement that's like, one, this practice matters and this practice that allows us to to not see ourselves as separate and to sort of meet people in a dignified and upright manner um, can really be important. And, mm -hmm. and that's the way that we engage the people around us is, um, is not for nothing. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it helps to mitigate some of the despair that can, I think, arise in the face of um, so much tragedy. Mm -hmm. well, thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, thank you. You're coming in from, from Minneapolis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're at time here. So as I did last week, given our conversation, I'm going to um, suggest that we recite the refuges. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. We take refuge in Buddha before all being, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. We take refuge in Dharma before all being, entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. We take refuge in Sangha before all being, bringing harmony to everyone free from hindrance. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Buddha. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Dharma. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Sangha. Thank you everyone for your very rich offerings and adding to, uh, to um, the poem, uh, adding to what we've been talking about. Um, we do make a difference. We are here with each other and um, this gathering matters. Have a wonderful rest of the day, time, wherever you are. Take care. Bye. Turn it back over to Jessica. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank you for being here today and giving us such a beautiful teaching. Upamada and Open Doors programs and facilities are supported through your generosity and your support makes a huge difference. Um, I'm going to post a link here if you'd like to contribute to either Apamata or Open Door. Um, and now I think I'm supposed to pass the baton to Ed today. Is that right, Ed? <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you'll make me host, that would do it. You bet. Oh, great. You're the first one on the list. That was easy. <laughs> Thanks for being monitor, Jessica. My pleasure. <laughs> it's nice to see all of you.